Hello, you're listening to a podcast from Teacher. I'm Jo Herb. In this month's episode of The Research Files, we talked to Julian Freilon, Research Director and Director of the International Study Centre for ICILS at the Australian Council for Educational Research. The pioneering ICILS, the International Computer and Information Literacy Study, took place for the first time in 2013, and the results were released at the end of last year. Julian Freilon, welcome to The Research Files. Thanks very much. It's a pleasure to be here. Okay, so can you give a brief overview of who took part in ICILS 2013? Yeah, sure. Uh, ICILS researchers gathered data from roughly 60,000 grade 8 or equivalent students mm-hmm. and 35,000 teachers from about 3,300 schools across 21 different countries. And We also collected data from principals and ICT coordinators in each school as well as from researchers in each participating country. Okay, and so how often does this study take place? ICRLS was conducted in 2013, and that was the first time this study had ever taken place. And it's the first time ever that these type of data relating to students' experiences of and proficiency with using ICT have been collected in a cross-national study, Mm -hmm. where... Currently, right at the moment, in the early stages of planning for a follow-up study, uh, and the plan is for that to take place in 2018. So there'd be a five-year cycle uh, for the study. Uh, And so can you share some of the key findings then in relation to students? Obviously, you surveyed teachers, you mentioned ICT coordinators and principals, but in terms of students, what were some of the key findings? Yeah, sure. Uh, Australian students did well in comparison to students across other participating countries. Uh, So, in fact, only students in the Czech Republic did significantly better than Australian students. Um, And Australian students, it's not a huge surprise in some senses because Australian students are pretty well resourced by international standards and by real standards as well. They've got high, high access to ICTs and the internet, both at home and in school. This being said, despite our high level of performance by you know, in comparison to the other countries, um, only four percent of Australian students were performing at the top level, which is level four of the ICILS proficiency scale. So, although the majority of Australian students can complete information gathering and production tasks with some level of independence, relatively few are completing them with real precision, efficiency, and high levels of control. There's also roughly 23% of students who are able to complete only the most basic tasks on computers. So there's still plenty of room Mm -hmm. for improvement. Indeed, yeah. So in addition to that, uh, girls also outperform boys on the assessment, both internationally, across almost every country, and in Australia. And this might come as a surprise to people who typically associate boys with computing. But although... Students require some basic computing skills and knowledge of software conventions to complete most tasks in ICILS. The real focus of the assessment was on the way people use computers to work with information. Mm -hmm. So these tasks that are associated with reading and visual literacy and purposeful communication with consideration of audience are ones in 
which traditionally girls have outperformed boys. Uh, and there's a lot of research evidence across um, many different countries that support those sorts of findings. So these skills, these are the ones we can expect all people to need to use in the digital age, and that's the focus of ICILS. We, we weren't investigating specialised skills that were associated with coding and software use, for example. Mm-hmm. The data also suggests that the knowledge, skills and understandings described in the uh, computer and information literacy scale can and should be taught. So to some extent, this conclusion challenges perspectives of young people as digital natives with some form of innate and self-developed capacity to use digital technology. So even though we can see that students have high levels of access to ICT and high levels of use of these technologies, there are still large variations in computer and information literacy proficiency within and across the ICILS countries. So one thing this has shown is that regardless of whether or not we consider young people to be digital natives, we'd be naive to expect them to develop computer and information literacy in the absence of some form of coherent learning programs. Mm -hmm. There's also evidence in ICILS that just providing more technology is not always the solution. It seems as though there's a minimal threshold, and once that minimal threshold of access to ICT and the internet has been met, the challenge uh, in developing computer, computer and information literacy comes down to providing coherent and considered learning programs rather than necessarily just providing more technology for students. Mm-hmm. So it's lots of interesting findings from this and uh, I suppose the next step is what we do with the results of this study. So what are the implications then uh, for school communities and policymakers, education policymakers, here in Australia? Well, there are a very broad range of implications that we describe in the international report and, in fact, we're also hoping that within participating countries uh, that researchers and policymakers will delve into the results uh, and pull out specific implications that are relative to them according to cross-country differences. Um, But, for example, uh, in Australia, when we look at the data, we see that the majority of work being completed by students, school work being completed by students, relates to preparing documents and presentations. However... Even when students are completing these fairly routine ICT tasks, there are questions about how much emphasis in completing these tasks is placed on uh, the fundamental aspects of computer and information literacy. So, for example, imagine a student's required to present, as part of science, uh, some research on renewable and non-renewable resources. Uh, And... um, When the teacher's considering the student's presentation, uh, do they take into account, and this is take into account either as part of their teaching or part of their assessment of the presentation that the student creates, do they take into account things like um, how the students decided what information is relevant and what information is not relevant to their presentation? how students um, decide whether or not the information they found is reliable, trustworthy. Um, What source does it come from? Does the source have a a particular point of view or a bias that might influence the um, type of information that they're receiving? Um, When thinking about 
the way the students have presented the work as part of their presentation, how much emphasis is there on uh, the way in which the student has reframed or reorganised the information for the in to suit the context of the presentation, um, or how have they used the available um, functions in the software, such as formatting tools or uh, images or transitions or those sorts of things, to support or even, at the highest level, enhance the viewer's understanding of uh, what the student's trying to communicate. And whether the student is aware of or has considered the intellectual property rights of the creators of the information they've used. It's been fascinating talking to you today. Thanks very much for joining us at Teacher. Thank you very much for taking an interest in the study. For more information on the research discussed in this podcast and to access other articles and videos, visit www.teachermagazine.com.au or join our community on social media via Facebook and Twitter.